Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. It is a, it's a crisp Saturday. I, I put on jeans and, and boots. I just, I got that feeling for it, some it, reason. It feels, it, yeah. it's, giving you, it's giving you all the feels of a fall Saturday. Um, we are less than two weeks away from our first Big Ten game as we record this on Saturday afternoon. Pretty exciting stuff right there, I would say. Indeed, and uh, speaking of Amador whiskey, I feel like I drank an entire <laughs> bottle last night. I'm feeling a little rough right now. Actually got together with my uncle who's in town for a, a wedding last night. And okay. we, we had we imbibed. Hey, when you see family, there's only so many things you do. That's one of them. Yeah, we we drink beer and we bitch about the, the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody does that to a certain degree. It just depends on the flavor of bitching pretty yeah. much. And the flavor of beer. Yes. Yeah. Which right now is a, a pills. I'm drinking a pilsner now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not not drinking an amador. It's a little that would be a little too much for me today. We'll work ourselves into yeah, it. Yeah, slow. I, I have seen you come back. Like, like I can, I've seen times where I'm like, you're down 21 points mid-third quarter. You've, you've, you've come back. You know, or let's say down 21-9 in the fourth quarter as one of our teams was last year and ended up coming back and winning the game. Wow. I've done that before. Wow. I've been down 21-9 to in the fourth quarter. It gets harder as you get deeper into your career. Yeah. It does, <laughs> as as we are tending to get right now. Speaking of guys that I hope can make a comeback here pretty quick, uh, not a lot of injury news. We hope to keep it that way. Even for my most, you know, bitter rivals, do not like to hear about injuries. Um, Purdue defensive tackle Demarge Lewis, uh, rotational guy, definitely played a lot last year. He seems to be out. Nebraska wide receiver DeColdis Crawford. True freshman wide receiver. I don't think he was going to see the field, but long story short, hope those guys uh, heal up and get back ASAP. That's that's an ACL on DeColdis, and that's the coldest ACL injury I've ever heard of because I was dying to say that guy's name all year. I mean, we will keep it. Every time uh, some funny name gets out of the conference, there's always some to come take it. So good job, DeColdis. Hope he feels Better ASAP before we get into our last two teams for team breakdowns, which is the two teams that played in the Big Ten Championship last year, the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Since we had a little bit of time with only having two teams to break down instead of four, I figured we would get into what the big news was this week. Now, the funny thing is, is it's big news, but not confirmed big news. It Mm. seems to be very much substantiated rumors right now. Is that fair way to describe it? Yeah, all right. Okay. Long story short, it sure seems like the Big Ten, the conference that we focus on, is moving away from the four-letter network, a.k.a. ESPN as we move into the new TV deal. What what, did that make you feel when you hear that? Well, I think the the thing I told you and that I've told others is – Boy, I've been getting kicked in the nuts by college football repeatedly for the last about eight to ten years. You know, things happening that I don't like, that I think take away for the game for myself. This is the first real significant big good news that I have gotten in a long, long time about about college football for my fandom, personally. Because it it seems like 
as a Big Ten fan, and I know you're looking at this as an Illinois fan for another layer down, but as a Big Ten fan, it seems like they just kept trying to stack the cards against you with how the college football playoff yeah. was set up. Certainly how ESPN, the messages that they broadcast. So I think that's what you're alluding to here. I think we all felt that as Big Ten fans when you're, I mean, it could have been a Thursday night Mac game. You know, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. Just, you know, you got a couple shekels on the game. You just want to sit and watch. And midway in the third quarter, they start talking about the SEC. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're not oh, making yeah. this stuff up. No, no. We're not making it up. So. And just, and like the game day show, which I, for, it's been decades since I watched that stupid thing. But. Decades? I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, I, I would spend 10 years, I okay. would say, since okay. I watched it. Um, Meaning religiously, where it's on, it's kind of more yeah, background to, noise. I don't watch game Not day even background noise. No, I okay. watch the I you. watch the Fox preview. Certainly, I do too. I have, it's been years since I've actually sat down and watched a game day at all. Period. But since it was a regular staple for me, at least ten years. Okay, because I, I it, it just I it grew so tiresome. I think I'm in the it's background noise. Um, I will pay more attention if they are certainly at a big 10 venue, you know, to see what they say, but that, that loud click you heard across the upper Midwest and, you know, into the East coast was big 10 fans switching off to the big noon. Once it got to be, uh, was it 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 10, 10 o'clock local time. So that process has already started amongst big 10 fans. Yeah. <clears throat> what I'm thinking now is that when I hear ESPN, you know, flapping their gums, I'm just going to laugh now. It's just, I just don't, I just don't think it'll bother me as much as it has. Yeah. And, and to, you know, you have to give ESPN credit though. They do a good job with the games. They brought, they, they're good at broadcasting games. So credit were due, but it's still, even with that, it's just that, that one thing that was just hanging on that I couldn't, that I couldn't totally push ESPN out of my life. And now I can. Pretty much. I mean, I'm going to continue to watch ESPN for, again, games that I might have a personal interest in. Uh, but, I mean, that'll be it for, for Big Ten fans starting in the year 2024. I right. mean, we still got two years that we'll have it. It'll be interesting. You know, Oklahoma and Texas fans wonder if they're going to get the cold shoulder from refs and whatnot. I wonder the same thing from ESPN ABC crews as they cover Big Ten games. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly. Is that going to be noticeable? It'll be noticeable, yes. A I, little bit. I think that'll be a fun thing that Big Ten fans will probably start pointing out as the next year or two but, goes through. But you're right. Like, we'll just laugh at it. It's it'll like, just be fun. I, I almost want them to do it. Yes. It, it, it'll sound like a jilted lover yes, type of right. thing. Yep. Um, and, and obviously, uh, it, in, in you know, you were already alluding to this, and I'll say this before we move on to who the new uh, providers are. Um, for better or worse, uh, you have to give ESPN credit in the fact that the sport of college football is more of a phenomenon now than it was 20 years ago. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. ESPN had a major... Huge hand in that, yeah. Major hand That's in true. that. Uh, so you got to give them credit for that. And game day did start out as a great program and Absolutely. game day, you know, that it, game day itself is a phenomenon and people love it. And so it brings, it brings viewers to the game. So again, credit were due. Um, I can't remember the exact setting, but this was circa 2003 or four or five, something like that. So we're talking mid to early aughts. 
before the, the, the deal went down between ESPN and SEC, okay? And I'm listening to ESPN radio on the way down to Wisconsin to see my brother, okay? okay. It was before, it was in the fall. And they were interviewing Kirk Herbstreet, and I believe Ohio State was playing a big team in the non-conference. And people were making it out to be that Ohio State didn't have a chance. And they interviewed Kirk Herbstreet. It, it, yeah, like, I can't remember what the setting was. Hmm. I, this is how I remember it in my head. Okay. Uh, you know, it's obviously rare that anybody would think Ohio State. But think back to, you know, slow, stodgy, Big Ten yeah. stuff, whatever. And they're interviewing Kirk Herbstreit on the radio. And he was like, yeah, guys, I don't know if Ohio State's going to have the athletes to keep up. It's just, you know, it's hard for hmm. Ohio State to stay with these teams. And he, and it, and he goes, and it goes silently, he goes, are you kidding? You know, and he was joking. Okay. Yeah. And he was so stoked to see that game. Okay. And it was like he was deacon people to say, Are you, are you making like you think Ohio State doesn't have a chance? You know, I can't, rem- again, I can't remember who it was. It could have been like a bowl game. Or something. I don't sure. Know. And like I remember dying laughing. I'm like, boy, Herbie. And I felt like over time it just got eroded down, you know, as the message went. I still think Herb Street is a great you know, mind of college football. I still think he's Ohio State fan. Uh, but we will be moving away from that onto Fox, CBS, the Big Ten Network, obviously, NBC, Peacock. We have heard about Apple TV. There could be other, you know, app base or whatever platforms. I mean, this is an insane lineup that the Big Ten has cultivated. The here. crazy one is CBS. I, absolutely. That's, Dude, it's going to be so weird. Listening to Gary Danielson shill for the Big Ten instead of I Alabama and I can't SEC. wait, and I know you hate him, but I love Danielson calling a game. I think he does a great job calling a oh. game. You know, maybe I hate him because of the shilling he does, and I just Well, can't. yeah, I mean, that's why you hate him. Okay. I think you can't see past that because he's actually good at calling a game. I'm not saying the guy doesn't understand what he sees in front of him on the field, don't get me wrong, but hey. man, it's hard to it's hard to see past that. Big Ten guy, yeah, sure didn't hasn't been sounding like it for the past. Well, I mean, look who he's decade. employed by. I know, but as you saw all this all, a bunch on Twitter this week, hearing the CBS, and it's going to be before you know it's Michigan Michigan State. Are you great intro? Oh, it's, it's insane. It might be the best they in the business. Never change that. No, ever. absolutely. So that's going to be incredible. But I mean, I mean, but again, that lineup right there, compared to it's basically just ESPN and ABC, which is two big players for the other, you know, for the SEC. Sure. But that is an extra, an amazing lineup. The other one that's interesting is NBC, though, because of Notre Dame, the Notre Dame tie-in, which feeds right into the Notre Dame. Um, I'm not smart enough to tell you exactly how it's going to work out, but it sure seems like reading the uh, comments from Jack Swarbuck, which is the Notre Dame athletic director, that he seems to be softening his stance a little bit on how he feels at least about the Big Ten. Now, he still held his cards as far as saying how Notre Dame keeping their uh, uh, independence is advantageous for Notre Dame. How do you how do you see that shaking out thoughts, whatever? I, yeah, I still think that Notre Dame has to make a decision. They have to go one way or another. They can't stay independent forever. forever. I know they love their independence, but it, it's at some point it's going to be a detriment to them. 
Okay. I Here's the deal. I've been asked this question several times. Uh, two weeks ago, I agreed with you. One week ago, I, I disagreed with you. Now I feel like I'm firmly on the fence. Because um, mm. here's one thing I want to point out with these TV, TV deals. Okay. Let's just easy numbers here. Okay. Let's say each Big Ten school makes $100 million. Okay. That's, that's an insane amount of money. Notre Dame has been, you know, rumored to be able to get $75 million on their own. Okay. And everybody's like, oh, man, the Big Ten, $25 million per team. Me thinks Notre Dame can make a living off of $75 million. People are acting like if you don't hit that $100 million yeah, plateau, right. that it's embarrassing for your football program. Like Notre Dame is in a special situation where they can make a lot of money. And oh, by the way, they got enough donors to make up that $25 million pretty quick. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if they can indeed pull 75 then maybe they don't need the Big Ten. But here's the thing. All their rivals, the US, USC is going to be in the Big Ten. Michigan, Big Ten. Michigan State, they played Purdue over the years. It, it's a great fit. So do you think the Big Ten and Kevin Warren, because Kevin Warren has now shown that he can be uh, cold. He can be the coldest commissioner. And we, and we talked about We have to give him credit. He's, <laughs> he's finally earning his keep. You know, there's some decision making that is going on behind those walls that is showing that. So the point I'm trying to make is, can the Big Ten and Kevin Warren say, don't want to join? Okay. No USC, Michigan. Sure. Michigan State. Of course they can. For you. Of course they can. You, you're just going to have to play ACC teams and whatever. And Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Then that's if Stanford doesn't join. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if they would do that or not. But that's obviously... It seems like a pretty obvious chip that could be played. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, a couple more things here, just kind of, you know, thinking through it is um, I, I do understand. I, I believe it now when I hear the rhetoric about them actually being happy to stay at USC, UCLA, because um, just adding teams to add teams it does start to water down. Yeah, at some point, how it, much money the teams? It dilutes the 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 the, the pool of of okay. of cash. Yeah, for so sure. like what I've said is, people have complained about capitalism causing this. Capitalism could wind up saving it because if the money doesn't make sense to add Oregon and Washington, they just won't get at it. Yeah, I know, but I would. Gosh, I would think, I would think that would still add to the to the pot. You're in a whole new. TV market, a big one up in the Northwest. You're adding the whole Northwest. I think that is our romanticized view of college football as compared to the bean counters that are probably a big part of making these decisions. I, I just, I would hate to be a pack, a fan of a Pac-12 team not named USC or UCLA right now. I, I, I yeah. And by the way, uh, shout out to uh, Fifth Quarter, our uh, oh, Mark yeah. Shipper. He did an interview with... Um, with Neuheisel. Rick yeah. Neuheisel. It is incredible he tells great stories he gives his insight about how it went down honestly it is one of my most favorite inter college football interviews i have listened to it's on just follow mark on on twitter and listen to it. it is amazing i haven't had a chance to listen to it but mark does great work i mean that guy is an old school journalist documenting god's sport he is an old soul that knows his stuff for sure it's incredible um long story short uh um, that's a great interview, but, um, uh, back onto Notre Dame real quick. Uh, you, you are the commissioner of all things, college football. Do you want Notre Dame in the big 10? 
Yes or no? At this point, yeah, I okay, guess I really? do. Okay. Because, look, the <laughs> the tradition's gone. It's it's, it's all over, right? Okay. The, the Big Ten we knew is dead. If you're bringing the USC and UCLA in, regionality, that doesn't even matter either. I know Big Notre Dame's in the Big Ten footprint, but, yeah, why not at this point? So, on the plus side, <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame coming into Kinnick? As a Hawkeye fan, I dude, my nipples honestly 100% just just perked up. Okay, now I I Notre Dame coming to Minnesota. Oh gosh, it, me and you go to the Notre Dame Minnesota game. Okay, 15 minutes away from here. I'm trying to do this briefly. I grew up in Chicago area, right? Notre Dame's the the college team in Chicago, which of course, as an Illini fan, that always put a chip on my shoulder towards Notre Dame. Notre Dame front page, even if they get blown out. Illinois back page, even if they blow out the other team. So I always had that. I, I used to want them in the Big Ten so bad just for that one year out of 10 that maybe we beat them. I would take every other loss. I, I hated them that much. I don't have that much hate in me anymore. I, re, I really don't even dislike Notre Dame anymore. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I guess I want them in the Big Ten, but for different reasons now. For the entertainment value. Yeah, for the entertainment value. Agree with all that. Couldn't put it any better. With that being said, if they hold on to their independence... I believe that helps us hold on to a semblance of the college football sport that we grew up with. So I, mm, yeah. I believe there are, there's two good options here. I know the die is cast, but it would be years until the ACC could get pulled apart. No, that's true. I'm 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 convinced it's that the Grand 2030s, Rights is, the yeah. 2030s. I mean, I think so. It's... We could have Notre Dame independent ACC Grant of Rights. Whatever happens to the Big 12 and Pac-12, they kind of merge or screw each other, whatever that's going to be. That could be a pretty fun college football scenario for the next decade. Yeah. I mean, my 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 oldest kid would be 16 coming into his own. That would be 10 good years where he could enjoy college football. I know that that's how I see it. Something like that. You could have four conferences, which you would know, be cool. that feeds into. Uh, the college football playoff. Wow, wow. That is called a professional segue, which you just did right there. That we want to have as much to talk to about that because you know nobody knows this. This isn't right on top of the ledger right now, but that is two separate conversations. And what we're saying is, there's the 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 TV media rights that the Big Ten is going to get figured out here pretty soon. And by the way, the SEC will get theirs redone here in about a year or so. But separate from that is the college football TV rights, which ESPN has exclusive rights to College right football now. playoff. College football playoff, what did yeah, I say? You said college football. TV okay, rights. college football playoff, sorry. ESPN has, has exclusive rights to that. We I know it's through the 2024 season, I believe is what it is. It, okay. I, I, think, I, I, think, I don't remember. I think it's up in 2025. Okay. It's, it's a year after the Big Ten would be in their two, new TV rights. The The – continuation of good news for big Kurt and me as well. And probably 99% of the people listen to this podcast is if the college football playoff does indeed go to eight or 12, I'm not saying you want that. That's I'm not saying that, but it seems inevitable that it's going to eight or 12. Yes. So if that happens, if they split the college football playoffs apart to Fox ESPN, ABC, mm. we would then have a AFC CBS NFC Fox, just like the NFL playoffs. <laughs> How incredible is that? That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, that would that would help. Yeah, it would help. The 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 noon game 
is is the Big Ten game on Fox. The afternoon game is the SEC. What you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it would go down. Long story short, how about how about a Fox crew covering an SEC team? That would be cool. <laughs> that would be very cool. Huh? Yes. Where, where you're watching a, a quality SEC team, obviously, but the crew is not fawning all over themselves. Sure. Yeah. I think that's some exciting stuff to yeah. talk about right there. Yeah. Good talk, buddy. Yeah. Nice talk, Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get into our last two teams. By the way, don't team- let your mom smell that beer in your breath. She'll take it out of me. <laughs> I, I can confirm that Grandma and Grandpa G- Greek out for their morning walk, okay. died laughing at calling them the ancient Greeks. Oh, so, they, I was a little worried. Yeah, I, I wanted to wait to tell you on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this message is, so So uh, Grandma Greek, she was a little shy. She didn't want to come down and record. We had to talk her into it. Uh, it was actually a Nebraska fan that pointed out to me, he was like, I think Grandpa Greek could have hung in there and recorded with you guys for a while. Like, I think he was ready to go. So, okay. Yeah. We. I just want to give a shout out to my to my old man and and my mom. Obviously, <laughs> uh, it was great to have him on. Probably should have had him on longer. That was but, fun, uh, man. Anyways, all right. So we got two teams up. The first team up is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Shout out to my brothers and my cousins and everybody I text and talk to. Scott Doctorman, who provides a lot of great insight to Hawkeye fans like myself. Uh, last five years, 43 and 18. That's a 70% winning percentage, third in the Big Ten, right there with Penn State and the next team we will talk about here. Uh, Kurt, what are we thinking about the current state of the Iowa Hawkeyes? Well, you know, Iowa, What? who is Iowa? They're just a team that wins eight games every day. That's all they ever do, right? They're, and what? It's, eight games isn't a big deal. Going eight and four, eight and five, what, that's not a big deal. Well, actually, you, when you look back at the recent past here, they're not an eight-win team. They're a ten-win team, nine or ten-win team. They've they've stepped up into that next strata of college football. Twenty eighteen, nine and four, not too bad, but only one game above their their Iowaness, right? Twenty nineteen, ten and three, pretty good. Twenty twenty, the weird COVID Six season. Six and two, prorated. But that's that tracks to nine to ten wins, and then last year, ten and four. It, it it is amazing that Kirk Ferentz, you know, most coaches, they tail off towards the end of their career. We don't know when the end is going to be for him. If it happened after this year, I couldn't be more happy. <laughs> but he's aging like a fine wine. It's yeah. it's amazing. He's actually, he's taken Iowa for me in a consistent winner to not an elite team, but they're, they're like, they've, they're on the doorstep of becoming elite. All right, good. I mean, I, I think we've. We probably do this every year, but I love watching you start out with your explanation. So it's obviously not coming for me. Um, a few teams, I, 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 I have to, you know, challenge myself to stay neutral. It's impossible for Iowa, but I, I want to give uh, I, what I'm getting at right here, real quick, is it sure feels like there's a lot of shade getting thrown at Iowa and the Hawkeye program. For having the audacity to go ten and two and go to the Big Ten champion, okay, can you feel it? Yeah, but but that's not new. I don't think. Okay, it I just mean, seems to be especially potent this year. Shout out to Derek from the Cuzcast, the Husker Cuzcast. Yeah, we love okay. those guys. Yeah, yep, they're great. Had me on a uh, month ago or so. Derek, he's an angry cuddly bear, and yeah. certainly no fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I want to make that clear. Even he noticed it. He's okay. like interesting. It is, He's like, everybody is just 
crapping all over. I can't remember exactly how he said it. Iowa thinking that they got no chance and, and, you know, basically pointed out facts about this was a really good defense. There's a lot of returning starters, yada, yada, yada. Long story short, it is just, it's just something that annoys us Iowa fans. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it should annoy you. And especially the casual college football fan looks at, and this is a compliment and it's a, a criticism from them is they look at, oh, Iowa, they're just ugh, whatever, eight wins. But that's good, first of all. But they're, like I said, they're not even that anymore. They're better than that. Right. I mean, I, I think they're. But, but, but I, it's like, it's almost like, well, shouldn't they be better than that? So they're giving them respect, but then they're criticizing them at the same time, saying they're only an eight win team. <sighs> that's how it feels to me. Um, I think Iowa is eighth in power five wins in the last five years. That's pretty damn good. And, and, <laughs> and again, when you consider Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, those four sure. teams are nuclear. Right. They're, 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 they're past everybody. No, yeah, right. So take those four off the top. Iowa's in the next four. It's it's amazing. And I, now the, I will say this, though. the It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the talent in the state of Iowa has gotten, like the high school yes. talent has gotten much better than it used to be. So it, you can't really throw that whole thing about they don't, they're not in a, a, a recruiting pool anymore because they actually produce a pretty good amount of talent now. I agree. I've never thought about it along those lines of recruiting. I think a lot of high school, Iowa high school coaches would nod their head and say, thank you for pointing that out. Non-Iowa slash Illinois fan. Um, yeah. Um, I think obviously, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything you know, deep and prophetic here, but the, the issue is that I was boring. And even me as a gigantic Hawkeye fan okay, can sure. watch an Iowa football game. Iowa fans ourselves, like, trust me, folks listening to this that aren't Iowa fans, we are aware <laughs> that our offense <laughs> is is not cutting edge and was especially bad last year. We also want it to be good. I, I 100% <laughs> get that. But it just is amazing to me how that is the only thing that is the lightning rod that gets all of the lightning, whereas the defense and the special teams and the overall program success seem to pale in comparison because we're not lighting it up for 400 yards passing a game. And why isn't the country talking about their punting? Damn it. Damn it. Because we're going to talk about that punting. But, you know, a, a microcosm <laughs> of that criticism, though, about the offense is it, the quarterback. Yes. They just have, it's been, it's been a tick since they've had a guy that can really bust the grape. I agree. It's been, yeah. All right, let's get into the offensive numbers. Let's, let's you know, when when ta when talking to somebody in a business setting, like, you want the bad news or the good news first? Always go bad. Yeah, always right. go bad. News. Okay. These are stats from 2021. Total offense, 121st. Oof. Just over 300 yards a game. Scoring offense a little better. Yeah. 99th at 23 Oof. points per game. They lose Tyler Linderbaum, the All-American center, and Tyler Goodson. So two Tylers that are gone. Um, you know, the offense can improve. I, that's something I keep, I, I, I've checked into the NCAA bylaws. Okay. There's not, they a, are allowed yeah. to try to get a little bit better this year. Got any thoughts before I go deep into stuff or. Well, you know, okay. You have, <laughs> their offense was atrocious. Can't deny it. Part of that. Is is part part of that is the plan? Like they they play that game where you, they're not they don't really want to, you know, score quick. They want to 
ball control. They want to play good defense. So that plays into it. But they complimentary can't fu- football can't fully excuse it though. They've got to get better. One hundred percent. I I really believe both Kirk Ferentz and yes Brian Ferentz would agree with what you just said right there. And I like balanced football. I don't like watching a game that's all offense or a game that's all defense. The, I, I can, don't say this very often. It was painful to watch their offense. I understand. Totally. Painful. Totally. I didn't it. enjoy. It was like somehow they ruined football when when they were on offense. That's aggressive, but I do understand what you're saying yeah. right there. So, what was the major causes of it? Even though we had a all American, all world center, the offensive line struggled last year. Yeah. And when the Iowa offensive line struggles, brother. Everything struggles after that. The rushing attack struggled. It put way too much pressure on Spencer Petrus and Padilla. Uh, and it's been a while since their offensive line has struggled. Yeah, that bad, for yeah. sure. Um, people forget, but like Iowa was running the ball at a heck of a clip by the end of 2020. By the way, another thing, stat that will just blow your mind. Do you know who was second in the Big Ten in scoring by the end of 2020? Second in scoring? Yeah. Oh, is it the kicker, Duncan? <laughs> I understand that's where your brain went. No, the Iowa Hawkeyes were second oh. in the Big Ten in scoring points per game in at the, the end of 2020. Wait, for you the guys whole... should see. Wait, Kurt's hold on, face. for the whole season? <laughs> Look it up. No, yes. that can't be. Do real. you remember Iowa at the end of 2020? I mean, I guess they did catch fire, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. they were second behind Ohio State. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm shocked. I wonder if the shockness is coming. Through the speakers as much as it is right now. That's... I just stopped you dead in your tracks right there. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, so what was better? I'm trying to. What was the quarterback's name? I'm trying to. It was uh, Stanley. Nate Stanley. Stanley. That, okay. Yeah. Nate Stanley. Yeah. Well, he no was shit. A... It was Petrus in 2020. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. Petrus. What, am I, what am I thinking? Now it was. It was. It was a little bit better at the end of 2019 too with, with Nate that, Stanley. And but... that's even more amazing. They did that with Petrus. It, it was the and not and their offense. By the way, the the yards per game was like 88 right but the but the scoring was was you know um anyway so that is if if it's going the way they want it to go that's exactly how iowa wants it to go but you have to have a better offensive line i know the general thought process is iowa's offensive line was pretty bad last year and then they lost their best offensive lineman so it's going to be bad this year that is not what I think, okay? And I now I might be entering into looking at things through black and gold glasses, but uh, uh, Mason Richmond, uh, Connor Colby, these are guys that got um, um, a lot of reps last year and were playing a lot better by the end of the year. Tyler Ellsbury, Logan Jones, because our defensive line mm. is so deep, which we'll get into, is our second time that we switch a defensive lineman over to center, which is by the way, exactly what we did uh, with Tyler Linderbaum. He has apparently been very impressive. He is an athletic Marvel. Uh, I don't think Bo Stevens, Nick DeYoung, there is a lot of names being bandied about by Hawkeye fans. I don't think it is a particularly deep offensive line. We happen to be recording the day. There was a, the kids open scrimmage, the offensive line apparently looked leaps and bounds better. It looked leaps and bounds better at the bowl game last year. It is my belief that it will it will be good, but but certainly not a a a great off, Iowa offensive line. I guess that's what I'm expecting. I, I last year has to be an anomaly. I expect them to bounce back from that, but again, they do return three out of five. But they're not just going to you know no. catapult into the top. 
handful of, of offensive lines in the conference. If if the if a potential lineup that we've seen holds true, there would be four sophomores and one freshman, redshirt freshman as the offensive line. Wow. So this is a building year. Sure. It could be a monster offensive line next year and the year after. But if even if it's a little bit better, then Iowa fans believe it feeds into the two-headed monster at running back. Uh Gavin and LaShawn Williams, not related. You're gonna that by the way, that's gonna be another one of the ones you're gonna hear all the time. Not over related. Yeah. And over again. Uh Gavin Williams set out with a uh injury at the, at the scrimmage today. LaShawn Williams excelled. Uh people said he looked really good. Long story short, not taking as many negative plays. Love you. I love you, T. Good. I love I, what you did for me. Let, let me just interject here. I thought the offense looked much better with these two at running back in the bowl game. Yeah, everything popped. Then all of a sudden, the quarterback waggle comes out. The tight ends come. It's what the Iowa offense is. When, when you know what I think about? The, there was a, I think it was a Fox show, and they always have coaches on. They're like, "Hey, draw up your your favorite play," you know. And Kirk Ferris just drew up the. A boot, you know, quarterback okay. boot. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Sure. That's his favorite play. Yeah. Um, so anyways, long story short, I do think the rushing attack will be better. By the way, I got a new name to look out for. Caleb Johnson, who was a four-star recruit out of Ohio, apparently has been turning heads big time and is right now taking a lot of the reps with the two twos as Gavin Williams has been gone. So that is somebody to look forward to. So if we think the offensive line is going to be good but not great and the running backs are going to be good but not great, can it help out the quarterbacks who were bad and not good the past year? They were bad and terrible. Is what they Tar- were. Terrible. Bad and terrible. I, so is there is there a consensus right now as to who the leader is? Is, um, is it even a race? Well, guess who took reps with the number one team today? Was it, it, I it assume Petrus. Oh, it was, it was Padilla. Yeah. But okay. uh, people that were there all thought Peters looked the best. Yeah. Out of the two. Um basically I, we have we have two slightly above average quarterbacks, is how I look at it. Do you so, think they're slightly above average? I, if I'm I'm saying slightly above average if assuming if, okay. the offensive line and the rushing attack. So I feel better about the rushing attack per, uh, version of the offensive line. What I'm nervous about, this is one of the first things that I'd be nervous about. I got another one coming up here, <laughs> is the pass pro of the offensive line. So okay. that has got to be better because, okay, do you know how when, I don't know about you, but when you see a quarterback or a coach talk about a quarterback's footwork and the reason that the quarterback's not playing well, I don't know about you, but I roll my eyes. Okay. <laughs> do, do you? or You roll the, your eyes because of the footwork? Meaning, like, I to me, I feel like it's a, oh, that his, a cheap he, explanation. Okay. He's on why not the, playing well because of his footwork. Yeah, right. Okay. F- fair. Okay. By the way, there's some great foot, uh, quarterbacks with terrible footwork. <laughs> That's my point. Terrible footwork. Like, right. <laughs> terrible arm angle and all the other Everything. stuff. Release point, yada, yada. I think Petrus is such a robot that that does play. And, and I've okay. I've now started rewatching every Big Ten game. Like any, like I've been rewatching games like crazy from the last year, and I and I watched the Iowa Iowa State game, and I remembered I'm like, oh, that's right, he drops a dime here to the wide receiver, and he was he got into a rhythm, he stepped into his throw, and I'm like, I I, I forgot 
when Petrus is that he can do that. Yes. Like I needed to remember that. Sure. But the situation has to has to be darn near perfect because if it breaks down, he cannot make a play with his legs. And that's where, you know, I wonder about Padilla. Okay. So so you were firmly on the Padilla train last year. Like you, you were all in, you wanted to move on from Petrus. Are you still there? To quote my brother, Darren, the American, I am willing to give him in to the middle of the second <laughs> drive of the first game <laughs> to see how he's doing. I love it. But, he, okay, he does have a little bit of help, though. Tight end Sam Laporte. He's yep. one of the best out there. Yep. Wide receivers, I know they had a couple guys transfer up, but you still got Keegan Johnson. You still right. got Nico Regan. You still got – I really like Arlen Bruce. Okay. Um, tight ends. Tight ends are – good and i think maybe getting better sam laporta darn near put him on the all underrated team because like i don't know i just don't see a lot of national talk about him. no he'll be a second maybe third round draft pick if things go right luke lachey took off last year that steven stilanos has been getting he's the uh transfer from lafayette okay. he yeah. has been getting so i feel great about the tight ends you want to hear something crazy they were splitting sam laporta out today no kidding. Do you want to know why? Because our wide receivers are so thin right now. They might they might call okay, so, up my son. So after those three, it gets really bad. I mean, Keegan Johnson, we feel great about. Sure. Hasn't been on the field this fall yet. No, that's not good. He's got a health thing. Nico Regani, he's fine. He's, he's fine. A nice that's, third receiver. That's exactly the description I would use to I do like Arlen Bruce. I like Arlen Bruce. Don't love him. I think he's got potential. Yes. I think gonna he, have to see gonna have to see more. Gonna see more, but he could be that could be the 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 best receiver on the team. Could be. Deontay Vines was apparently having an amazing spring and summer. We don't know the injury. He's out for half the season now. Okay. That is new. There's an injury. I forgot to so then you got guys named Caden Wetchin, Jacob Bostic, and I believe it's Jacob Bostic who has apparently got blinding speed. Yes, that's right. An Iowa wide receiver that has blinding speed. It's a name. <laughs> Curtis trying to look down his depth chart. You're trying. not going to find no, him. No, I'm not going to find him. And then the last name out there would be Brody Brecht, mm-hmm. okay, who is heard a lot about him. potentially a better pitcher than he is wide receiver, okay. but is a physical marvel. Sure. Uh, so we need four to five of those gentlemen to stay healthy and improve. But it is the the depth of the wide receiver room, not as much as the talent, but the depth and the health of the wide receiver room gets my uh, butt cheeks a little clenchy. That is a scary feeling, isn't it? When you look at a unit and you're like, look at how incredibly thin it is. I mean, I'm used to doing this as an Illini fan, but it just, it gives, it keeps me up at night. Yeah. It's like back in your twenties when you're like, I'm, I'm almost out of money. I don't mind having a unit that's not that good. But they're deep. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll be fine. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a big difference. All right. So there's the offense right there. Long story short, do I think it's going to be a great offense? I do not. I just think it's going to be better. Here's my here's my goal. You ready? 87th in total offense. <laughs> I'm not joking. You think I'm joking? No, I don't. That, I, that, I'm dead serious. That's what I'm, lo- that's what okay. I'm looking for. Well, and if something like 170 <laughs> yards rushing and passing a game, okay. something like that, or, or 200 yards passing, 170 so yards rushing for uh, from 121st to 80 something, that would be a pretty substantial improvement. Be a huge improvement, man. And if they can do that because of who we're going to talk about now, this could be a good team. 
the defense, um, it it could be elite. It no no no. It should be elite. Should Don't be use elite. the word could right. because on paper this is an elite defense, and they're coached by Phil Parker. There's no excuse to not be elite this year. Yeah, um, and and I that and I wonder. Coming from that position, is it going to be different? Because usually it's like, oh, they lost all these guys. They'll probably take a step back this year, and they never do. Now it's like, they better be good this year. So I think the Iowa defense has gotten to the point in the non-Iowa fan fandom uh, where they get respect. Phil Parker has respect. The defense itself has respect. The thing that I keep hearing, and again, because I'm an Iowa fan, I, I tend to dwell it's my, you know, since it's my team, I dwell on the negative, but well, they can't force the turnovers like they did last year. They will. Okay. Maybe they don't f- force the turnovers like they did last year, which was like a darn near historic clip. But look over the last five years, they force turnovers all the time. I think the only team that has forced more turnovers over them in the last 10 years is Alabama. Wow. I'm almost positive. That's the stat. So, so whatever Phil Parker's doing, maybe it, it, it spikes up to really high levels some years, like last year, but it's always pretty high. So I expect turnovers. Okay, and it all starts up front, and their defensive line looks spectacular. I am. It looks real. It looks spectacular. <laughs> I mean, they're, they they feel very confident in their first eight players, right? Incredibly uh, and confident. I, I got nine now. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to list them off. Defensive ends, John Wagner, Joe Evans, pass, pass rushing specialist. Deontay Craig is a guy that Iowa fans are excited about. Ethan Herkett, and now the guy that I made my call on Twitter weeks ago. Freshman, true freshman Aaron Graves is okay. a beast. All right. This was a USA Army All-American high sure. school guy that dominated at that camp. Coach Ferentz today said we would be stupid not to play him. That wow. when when Ferentz says something like that, and by the way, I don't think you did you mention Lucas Van Ness yet? I, I, I was saving. Oh, a I'm sorry. Best. So then you go to the defensive tackles: Noah Shannon, Logan Lee, Y.A. Black, another guy that uh, mm. Iowa fans. Then you got Lucas Van Ness. Um, I put him on the all underrated team because, like, I, I think he was so good by the end of the year last year. And by the way, he might play defensive tackle. He might play defensive end. They're going to move him all around. He looks like, you know what he looks like to me? Okay, I'm going to make a bold statement. Okay. He's a little carlactus Really? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of... Well, I mean, he's impressed me so far. Yeah. Stud. Illinois kid. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now talking about eight, nine, maybe ten. So as of right now, I don't see a, I don't see an Epinesa in here. Yeah. But I see a lot of... You know what I see a lot of? I see a lot of your cousins. It's a whole bunch of Van Valkenburgs right. in there. Yep. I think my new cousin may be Van Ness. I may just... Let's just switch it. I may change my last name. Different aunt. Still, still a van. Cousin. Still, still a van, though. Still a van. Yeah. Going with the vans. Linebackers. Might be better than the D-line. Isn't that... I mean, Justin Jacobs, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson. Holy crap. Dude, it's And, and by the way, as good as Jack Campbell is, is Justin Jacobs maybe... Jack- does he have the highest ceiling? I don't know. I mean, that would be a debate among Iowa fans. I Justin Jacobs has a high ceiling for sure. Um, Jack Campbell's a freak athlete too. He's amazing. He's tall and fast and strong and smart and mean. Which, which I think all of that is good to be a football. Typically, if you're a football, for a middle yeah. linebacker. And then and then 
poor Seth Benson. You know, he's just like right, just, the just, second leading tackler in the Big Ten or whatever it was. Just little old Seth Benson over there. <laughs> he just, was on the all-underrated team, just too. Just scrapping like, away over yeah. there. Yeah, so got some depth behind him, too. Depth behind him, too. The cash position in the, you know, typical four-two-five. Justin Jacobs will play that quite a bit. Then we move into the secondary. Cooper DeGene is, I think, the next second-round draft pick that Phil Parker will make. Interesting. Okay. Um, he is that good, that talented. Um, things kind of worked out perfectly for him to come into the Iowa fold. And then the secondary, oh, how about we start with the cornerbacks with the Big Ten defensive back of the year with Riley Moss. Yeah, I wish that guy would just go away, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got one year left. Um, Jamari Harris, uh, Scary Terry Roberts, uh, great name, Brendan DeCianta Perendez. Safety, Kayvon Merriweather, Cooper DeGene will play safety as well. Quinn Schulte, I want to give a shout-out, though, to Jack Corner. Uh, we're going to mess him more than I think Iowa fans mm. recognize. Like, that guy was as sure tackler that you could get in an Iowa secondary. And, oh, by the way, let's throw in five-star Xavier and Wampa as well. By the way, can we – I'm dead serious, by the way. Could we send him to the other side of the ball? Just saying. He's mm. Adrian Wampa. Tall, fast athlete. Interesting. Anyways. I mean, you know, the defensive backs are the weak link on this team. I agree. And they look pretty damn good. I think, honestly, the defensive backs are just a skosh overrated in the magazines. Okay. But still very good. Still, if that's your weak link. You're doing okay. So there you go. I think it's going to be pretty good defense. Um, special teams. All right. We took a hit. Charlie Jones, that is... That's tough. Huge That is tough. I mean... So, mm. you... People just have the knack to return the ball. I don't know how to describe it. It's one of those things that we'll never quite understand as human beings. No, it's it's something you're born with. It is something you're born with. Yeah. Devin Hester was always good at it from the day... I guarantee you, from the first Pee Wee game to his last NFL game... It's just what that guy knew how to do. And there are very few people in the world that are good at it. And when you look at a football team that doesn't have anyone that's good at it, it sticks out. And it hurt. I, and, and it's important for Iowa because those are the available yards they need to pick up. I mean, I know there's not a ton of actual punt returns in the college game. He seemed to have a knack for making a lot 100%. of them. But when he did, that was a 10-yard shift on the Huge. field. Huge. Every time. And a momentum shift, too. Yes. Now, the guy that I have... Utmost faith in that we'll figure it out is special teams coach LeVar Woods. Yeah. He will find somebody. We need a kicker. Okay, they look good today, but completely different as opposed to when you're kicking in front of a crowd. One guy that we do feel good about, though, is the punter. TT. From, from Dan South. Aussie Tory Taylor. Amazing. I mean, him and Adam Korsak are probably, they're going to be battling out for punter of the year. Yes. Or maybe just player of the year. Could Big be 10 player. MVP. Th yeah, I, I, that's what I want to see. I've just entered Tory Taylor into the race. All right, looking at the schedule. Hate the first game. South Dakota State just sucks. I hate playing FCS teams. Why do it? Why do it? Why do it? You, it? There's nothing you gain from it. You can only lose. But I do love the Jacks. Sure. I'm a Jack Actually, fan. At, a, at, a, at the kids' party last night, I, I spoke to a Jack. Um, okay, so... But they are are not returning their uh, leading running back or quarterback from last year. But we should let him know. That's a spicy, That's a spicy FCS team. team. Uh, very spicy yeah. team. They got to the playoffs, beat NDSU last year. And then, of course, we play the, oh, just the 
game that every Iowa fan loves, Ugh. the Iowa State Cyclones. Um, by the way, I haven't because of uh, stupid COVID stuff. They didn't come to Kinnick in 2020, so we oh. haven't seen we haven't seen Iowa State and Kinnick since 2000. Gotcha. Which well, at is least ironic because at least there's that yes. for the game. Oh, that's I gonna, mean, that's going to spice it up big time. Uh, and then Nevada, and then move into the conference and uh, a game at Rutgers. So, on paper and in my mind, Iowa should definitely start out four and zero. And then the competition steps up quite a bit as the Michigan Wolverines come to town and then follow that up with a trip to Illinois, the idle week after that. And then how about this after the idle week at Ohio State? Of course, perfect time to play Northwestern after that. And here's the kick at Purdue, yikes, mm. Wisconsin at Minnesota, Nebraska at home. So with Iowa getting both Ohio State and Michigan, yikes. From the other side. And the and and you get Rutgers, but you go two Rutgers. Go on the road. This is a rough uh, it's crossover. It's as tough as it gets. It's about as tough as it gets for a crossover. By the way, with that being said, the home lineup for the Hawkeyes this year, Iowa State, Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Man. Some pretty, that's doesn't pretty get good. doesn't get better now. Dude, that's a I'm I'm pretty excited about my my four hour trips down to Iowa City. Okay, biggest game. Wisconsin. Of the year. Yep. How can it not be? Okay. It's interesting. That easy to you. Okay, everyone's picking. It, 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 it's probably the correct answer. Everyone's picking Wisconsin, right? Pretty yep. much by default in the West. Yep. So to to get. Oh, Minnesota fans are still pissed about that. I, I, but it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything that's not true. I know. Everyone's picking them. So if the road to the West goes through Wisconsin, so you got to beat them and you get them at home. You lost to them last year. You kind of got your ass kicked last year. Okay. That is the correct answer. But who did I choose? Purdue? Yes. Yeah. I don't blame you. Tired of it. I mean the Brahm the Brahm and Ferenc, it is a it's a cold war that's going on <laughs> right now. It is the coldest war <laughs> the Big Ten was um, right now. So I went scariest game at Purdue. Okay. I mean maybe it shouldn't be scariest though. Cause you're used to lose it no, you I, that's wrong. I probably yeah. shouldn't get You know who you, it should be. You know who it might be? I know who it is. Is it at Illinois? Oh yeah. Okay. And and one of the reasons, and that, if you're wondering why Iowa fans, Illinois is going to be a physical, well coached team, and they're trust me, Brett has this on the on the if we get to that level, you know, marker, sure, and we get it after Michigan, right? You get it after Michigan, you do go into a bye week after that, but the you got to expect it's going to be a low scoring game, right? Two like two teams that are that are defensive minded, so the the margin of error is going to be small. So turnovers like one be. turnovers huge. will be huge. Special teams will be huge. One big play could change the game, could could decide the game. And at the I think that'll be that's Iowa's uh, sixth game of the year. I think it'll be Illinois sixth game of the year as well. Illinois could. Yeah, it should realistically be. Yep. be five and one at that time. Yeah, we'll see. Realistically, we'll see. I'm not saying they will, but they realistically could be um, curb stop. This is the year they do it. Northwestern. Really? Yes. That's interesting. They get them at home. Okay. I understand, but it's right after Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. You know who I went with Curbstone? F them clones, man. Let's just let's <laughs> do okay. a good old-fashioned sure. Hayden Fry style 42 to bleeping 10. Get your ass out of here, Matt Campbell, and you're freaking all black from head to toe. Go back to Ames and suck my balls. Okay, that would be Try awesome. Try breathing through your nose, Matt. Breathe through the nose. <laughs> all right. Over under... Because of my guess, the the crossover of Michigan Ohio State is at seven point five 
along with everybody in the Big Ten West not named Wisconsin. We think it over under. So, and again, I've mentioned this before. I just have this. I'm more optimistic than pessimistic when I look at these teams. So I know I've chosen way too many overs, but 7.5 seems too low for me. Got you got the three. I think not automatic win because Iowa State, it's it's not an automatic win. But you should definitely start 3-0, and probably 4-0. and And other than the fact that you get Michigan and Ohio State, I think that it stacks up pretty well for you. Okay. You get Wisconsin at home, Northwestern. You do have to go to Purdue. That sucks. But I, I feel like you got Nebraska at home. You get some of the if the tougher if ones Iowa at home. starts out four and zero, which is what they're predicted to be. It, I feel pretty good that they yeah. can get four more wins right. out of the last eight. Uh, uh, six of the last seven years, pro rating two thousand twenty, Iowa's gone eight wins or more. And as you pointed out at the beginning of the podcast, typically a game or two. They're, more. they're not really an eight team eight win team anymore. Feels like an over to me. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce a one-of-a-kind whiskey. Amador is made to be sip neat or is perfect for your classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast, Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag Ask for Amador and check out our new website and finder options so you can see where to find Amador close to you at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. You know what? I'm already feeling like finding some Amador. I'm I'm, I'm bouncing back that quick. It's just that it it was my juicy table read. It, that did it was it the part. table read that did it. Hot damn, buddy. All right, last team up, and you you that is a uh, point of pride yes. if you're a Michigan fan because the last team that we break down is the team that finished first last year, which is the Michigan Wolverines. Shout out to Jordan Eggleston at JW Eggleston 7, always providing awesome, fair. He's a fan, but not a crazy fan. Very much appreciate that. Last five years, 41 in 18, which is a 69% winning percentage, fourth in the Big Ten, might as well be second, third, or fourth. Coach Jim Harbaugh, a.k.a. Khaki Pants, going into his seventh year. How do we feel about the Michigan Wolverines? I've been vocal in my criticism of this program since we started the podcast. They've been a good program. I just felt that they were underachieving. And to be honest, I didn't think that they had it in them to do what they did last year. I had written them off, and I'm sure... Jordan or any other Michigan fan can probably go back and find clips of me saying it doesn't matter. They're never going to win the big 10. I was wrong and I will admit it. And you can throw stones my way, but I, so, well, okay. So they've got some mojo now, right? Yep. Nobody can deny that. They can know where you're going. They made the college football playoff, but there's still something missing here. There's still something missing. There's still a great quarterback away okay. from being able to compete in the college football playoff. Agree. I agree. We'll get into that. It's not where I thought you were going. Okay. Did the did the khaki pants to the Vikings overtures not leave you with a bit of a sour feeling? Sour so, taste, I should say. Okay, so, I mean, I still think ultimately... I, I'd be pissed if I was a Michigan fan. Okay. I, like, you finally get over the hump. You take a gigantic step to get in the college football playoff. Okay. And he weirds out. 
and and but he's a weird dude. Yeah, and I do feel like eventually, I still do believe this. He's gonna get bored and just okay. want to do something else, and he, he probably at times already is bored. What? Yeah, and what I will say. I don't disagree that what I would say, like though, sh- like, you know, holding a shiny thing on the other side of the room. Oh, what is that? Like, he just he's going to get more distracted by the other thing than okay. than bored. Maybe bored's not the right word. He's going to get distracted by yeah. the shiny object. Um, Now, weirdly, because khaki pants is odd. Um, God, he you know, you know who bird. can almost leave his alma mater not and come back like it's nothing. Yeah. And you know who I think also views it that way? His own coaches and players. I that is honestly what my gut feeling is telling me. They they laughed it off for the most part. I really believe that. Yeah. I don't I don't think it bothers them that much. Yeah. Okay. Now recruiting, it weirded people out. That's got to get picked back up. That's we're not yeah. covering that so much on the podcast here. They'll be fine though. I, I think they'll be fine. Well, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Uh, moving into this year, brand new defensive coordinator, brand new offensive coordinator, which you will see when a team jumps up and has success like that. People pick your top guys off, uh, but in comes, so out goes Mike McDonald on the defense in comes Jesse Minter. From what I can read, it's, they're basically just switching out. No, the this is human. 3d printer. Go burr. You're just printing a new, <laughs> you're printing a new guy, bring him in. I, I think it's going to be the same thing, right? That's a great way of describing it. The three D printer might be going burr again, and actually, some Michigan fans think might be upgrading. Josh Gaddis is leaving, and Michigan fans don't give a bleep. <laughs> Guy won the Broyles Award last year. Nobody cares. Which Nobody is, cares. I mean, I, I, he did do a good job. Don't get me wrong. Did he deserve the Broyles? I'm not sure. They kind of went away from what he wanted to do more to what Jim Harbaugh wanted to do. So was it him winning the award or was it really Harbaugh winning the award? I think, uh, you know, there's like players and people that were involved with the Big Ten last year. that are now in other divisions like like uh, Adrian Martinez going to Kansas State. Can't wait to see how that looks like. Um, uh, This one also intrigues me is how is Josh Gaddis going to look like a play caller at Miami? Insane. I, I don't have good feels. I don't have that. good feels. I don't either. I do have good feels for Matt Weiss, yeah. who was the quarterback coach last year. You can't tell me he wasn't a big part of the play calling and the, the game plan. They're not going to miss a step on offense. In fact, they're 13th in returning production on the offensive side of the ball. In the country. In the country. Yeah. 13th. Now, the one guy, we'll get into the offense first, the one guy that they're missing that is of, you know, they a couple offensive linemen running back Hassan Haskins. I, I'm okay. I don't I, care. I'm oh, well, okay. Don't care. I'm not playing deep devil's advocate here. I'm just saying, I believe Hassan Haskins maybe meant a little bit more to that offensive line. And then the, the entire offense, than some people like people like, Oh, you just re- replace a running back. I give you Donovan Edwards. He, they will be fine. But they're okay, dude. I love Donovan Edwards. I love Blake Corum. Okay, but those guys are similar a little bit. Blake Corum is a outside zone guy. Donovan Edwards is more of an outside zone pass catcher. You, you, well, that's don't don't yeah. don't don't we kind of want the bruiser in the middle? Don't you think that's something that could be huge? I mean, okay, you're you're bringing up a good point. That's it. 
That is my literally. It is the only nit to pick. No, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree because okay. they do need an elite quarterback okay. if right. they really want to compete nationally. So here's my biggest question that I have: Will JJ McCarthy win the job, and will he be an elite quarterback? Because that's what they need to happen. And that is why I think, and they could be correct here, Michigan fans want J.J. McCarthy. Of course. You better want him to win the job. Because that's what my quote I have here is, I think I like Cade McNamara more than Michigan fans. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But Cade McNamara, we know what we get from him. He's a good quarterback, but he's not going to win a playoff for you. Okay. So you got, you need, J.J.'s the five star. He's he's the chosen one. He looks like the five he does. star. He, he does. Look he's like got a five the star. arm of a five star. He he's got he can scoot pretty well too. You have to have him win this job. Like you ever seen those clips of like NCAA football where like a quarterback is getting sacked and he somehow gets the the ball off behind his back and he throws a seventy yard bomb. That's what JJ McCarthy can do in real life. Yeah. That's or that at least that's what Michigan fans thinking. They do. think. Okay, dead arm. By the way, end of the fall, all spring, never threw the ball all summer. Didn't okay. throw a ball until like July. Okay, well that's June, July. That's not good. That I that believe can, that's a good thing. It's not been talked about. But if JJ McCarthy can be that guy, can be that. I don't want to. One of the high level, a Trevor Lawrence type of deal that like. It, he winds up being as good as advertised. It would be incredible. I don't know that it needs to be Trevor Lawrence good, but I mean, because he was Trevor Lawrence. No, if you're going to win the college football playoffs, you need to be basically Trevor Lawrence okay. good. That's I mean, what it took for Clemson. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. That's right. the pressure that's on him. Okay. All right. Um, now, positive stuff. This might be the most underrated. And a dangerous, another thing you've always said on the podcast, where is the outside threat? Yes. Brother, my, they got my, it now. It, I, they must have listened to me. Yeah, they, they, they obviously did. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie Bell is a big quote unquote addition because, I mean, he looked incredible right at the beginning of the year. Horrible. Blue as knee. Seems to be 100% healthy. That's like getting somebody out of the transfer portal. Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson. Is going to be incredible. Andrew Anthony last year was getting scary good by the end of the year. So is AJ AJ Henning. AJ Henning, Mike Sanistrill still solid. I if, love if if this wasn't the nuclear age of Ohio State, I, I've been using that that word a lot. I'm sorry, of Ohio State wide receivers, people would be talking a lot about like right now. Ohio State wide receiver room is number one. Michigan and Maryland. I think you could interchange that. I think you could. Yeah. They're incredible. And I, one thing that might push him over the top, the tight ends, Eric All and Luke. I think it's Schoonmaker, by the way. I think, I think it's, it's Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. I believe not so. Schoonmaker. I don't, I don't, no, I think it's Schoonmaker. I've screwed it up before. Long story short, they've looked incredible. Here's another thing, too, from, from, from Jordan. And I've heard this in other spots. True freshman Darius Clemens and Amorian Walker, who are like four, and I think they're both four-star guys. They've apparently looked unguardable. Since basically they've been on campus. They're, they got the memo that wide receivers is the way to go. I don't know, man. <laughs> There's a lot to like here. And by the way, I don't think we've got to the best unit. No, we probably haven't. That's a good point. The offensive line was filthy last year. They get three of five back. And they get, they had Remington Award finalist, a transfer center, Victor Olawatimi from UVA, from Virginia. Dude, I, 
like people, okay, total total offense last year, they were 25th in the country. 443 yards right. per game, so, scoring 16, Whew. 36 points per game. Again, they, I, they're getting, they get compared to the Ryan Day style of play. This was a really good offense last year with poor old Cade McNamara being the quarterback. And they got super recruit Trente Jones, offensive tackle, that I guess is lighting it up right now. Um, I expect them to be better than they were last year on offense. Um, 100%. I, I think the offensive line will be better. I think the wide receivers will be better. I think the quarterback play will be better. The only thing I'm just a teeny, teeny bit concerned about is that bruiser of Hassan Haskins being replaced in some capacity. Okay, you know. Dude, I'm okay, just no, saying, no, no, listen, listen starting to me. out listen every me. series on second and four after that guy got six yards, it's it's a big deal. You're not listening. I was about to say they their the strength of their offense was power running last year, so you're bringing up a good point. I'm just saying you can't all of a sudden go to seventy percent outside zone and yeah, expect the good, same stuff. That's a good point. Just need to see some guy step in the long story short. Unless we you feel pretty good about this offense, unless you got a guy dropping dimes down the field named JJ McCarthy, as he's falling down behind his back, behind his back through a hula hoop. That's in the air on fire. Somewhat. We yes. don't even know how it got there. <laughs> he goes through it. Touchdown. Ronnie Bell. Um, by the way, I mean, we grew up with Michigan wide receivers. Like, oh, speaking of, right. speaking of machine go burr. Yeah. They that, just made yes, they did. Michigan wide receivers. So it's not like this should be foreign to us. 3D printer go burr. 3D printer go burr. That, that could have some legs this year, I'm thinking. That may be a new yeah, thing for that us. That could be a thing. Yeah. All right, let's switch over to the defense. By the way, another four-two-five. This is this is how we roll in the Big Ten now. It's all about four-two-five. Um, there is equal parts talent and question marks to this defense. Okay, I said thirteenth in returning production in the country on offense. One hundred and twenty-fourth in returning production on defense. On paper, they got three returning starters there, and it's probably pretty accurate that they do. Um, but I think they got some talent. There's there's plenty of talent. They got talent. There's plenty of talent. We know they got talent. But, I mean, they can't possibly be be as good as they were last year defensively, can they? They're going to have to take a step back. So they're going to have to win on their offense this year. I think you're going to have higher scoring wins this year. Yes, but this this isn't going to be a, dare I say, 2021 Ohio State defense, which was not great. I think no. it will be better than that. Uh, no Their doubt. Their defensive numbers last year, total defense 20th, scoring defense 8th. If I if I took a shot off the top of my, you know, shot from a hip, 32nd in total defense, 19th in, in, in or 19th in scoring defense, 32nd in total defense. Something like that. Yeah. A little bit of a drop. Okay. Okay. Switch it, or uh, talking about the D-line. Uh, Mike Morris, Julius Welchoff is apparently a person who has been looking fantastic. Jordan said to look out for Braden McGregor. He was healthy or injured last year. He is back now. We don't know what's happened to Jalen Harrell. That's just the defensive ends right there. Switching to the defensive tackles. Maisie Smith, who your guy, Bruce Feldman, labeled as a number one Freak. freak. He's the number That's, one freak. That, oh, in air quotes, by the way. Yeah. Jeff of the Greeks doing his air quotes. He's the number one of all the freaks. Yeah. Wow. That's I guess I need, freaky. To, I need to start reading this freak list, I guess. <laughs> uh anyways, long story short, uh, this is a defense. And by the way, and he was he's one of the of the three starters that you mentioned. He's one of them right there. But then we got 
Chris Jenkins, Cam Good, Rashad Benny, George Rooks. There's a freshman, Kenneth Grant, that they think is going to be a star. I just named off about eight, nine, maybe ten guys. I don't even think maybe Jim Harbaugh knows exactly what the rotation is going to be. Me thinks they're going to settle on four guys. <laughs> they're going to be pretty good, right? And and the it may here's the other thing. It may just take a little while for them to find their groove. Uh, we we got a schedule. Yeah, we're going to talk we're advantageous gonna to that defensive backs. So by the way, Mike Sainstrol, we didn't name him as wide receivers. Right. He is he's perfect nickelback now. But is he which is he playing both? I think he's playing they, both. Have they decided? I think For he's, sure. he's playing both, but mostly cornerback. He's kind of Woodson in this thing a little bit. Okay, so he's going to be mostly on the defensive side. That's how I read the situation. Okay, interesting. That's going to be fun I to watch. Because I think they need more depth and talent on the defensive backs. We just went okay. through the wide receivers right there. DJ Turner, dude, really good. Could be on the all-underrated team, I think. Uh, Jamon Green, very good. They, they, they will have to build some depth at cornerback. They've got talent to do it, but we're going to have to see it pretty soon. Uh, safety Rod Moore. Great porn name. <laughs> that is a good. By the, they've got a lot of good names overall. Not just Rod. That is a great porn name. I would never have thought of that. Good. Thanks for pointing out. But the Jamon Green is a great name. RJ Moten. I just love the last love name. Moten. Always love this is the Moton basketball is a basketball player. There's a Syracuse, Syracuse guy yeah. from years ago. Yeah. I mean, that was 25 years ago. Can't Lawrence can't tell you what Lawrence Moton. Lawrence Moton. Wasn't, wasn't that his name? I think so. Yeah. Can't tell you what I ate for breakfast this morning, but somehow I knew Moton was Syracuse. And I remember he wore his socks up to his Yes, knees. that's right. That was a big deal back then. Because nobody did it. Nobody did that. He was the only one doing it. It was like the first people to put visors on. You're like, oh, cool. And you could, you could take the simplest approach to your uniform fashion back in the day. And people thought it was the coolest thing in yeah. the world. You have to basically put a pinwheel on your helmet now for anybody <laughs> to pay attention. Uh, another great name, Makari Page, fresh Zeke Berry. Again, a lot like the D-Lime. They've got a bunch of talent there, but they got to pick who the starters are and go from there. Now, the linebackers, I'm a little, little Casernicus right here. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of the reason why they're going to the 4-2-5. Junior Colson, who is a sophomore, uh, is almost for sure going to be a starter. Uh, NHG, Nakai Hill Green. Uh, after that, we got Hood, Rolder, McLaurin. We got names. It's just a bunch. We, we got like 30 dudes that they're going to have to f- pick out sure. and meld into the guys um, a little. But maybe if you want to talk glass half full, maybe having a new defensive coordinator is the perfect way to do it because he's just getting to know everybody at the same time. He sees every doesn't care. Doesn't right? care what their name is. He just picks the best player. And Johnny Harbaugh, the brother, highly recommended, which worked last time. So look, I know there's a lot of question marks here. I feel I fine. think they're gonna be pretty good on defense. I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel fine. Special teams, Jake Moody, Brad Robbins, both back. That 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 is not a small thing. It is those not guys a small are both thing. excellent. Returning well, Ronnie, Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell. He's back. Henning and Corum did it last year too. Henning's great too. I, I I think it should be Henning, personally. Because I yeah, you want to keep Ronnie Bell healthy. I think he's kind of the <clears> Illinois guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what we we talked about the schedule. All right. Michigan deserves a little bit of heat here. Not not that Michigan fans or John, or Jim Harbaugh yeah. personally picked the schedule, but this is as cakey walky mm-hmm. as it gets. Colorado State, 
Hawaii and UConn. And it's not at Hawaii, by the way. I didn't think you could do this anymore, by the way, in the in the Big Ten. I thought they didn't they make like kind of an unofficial rule you had to pick a power five team. And maybe Jordan could fill me in or Michigan fans could. My guess is somebody backed out would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, probably. I, I I would be I would not be shocked to find out. But long story short, they are going to roll to three and zero. I'm going to guess that I'm going to call it right now. I bet the average score of those first three games is going to be forty eight to seventeen. Yeah, uh, not even seventeen. Yeah, probably not. It'll be those offenses are nine, horrible. nine or yeah. ten. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Forty eight to nine, nine point yeah. seven. Okay, yeah. Then still at home, so they do not leave Ann Harbor. Ann Arbor. We know she's a bit of a whore. But she is. Maryland comes into town for your first Big Ten. Now it's it's a step up, but I just have I just have not seen Maryland be able to to do this with these type of teams. <laughs> no, it's true. You're right. We and we talked about this. We like Maryland. Didn't we mention this with uh, Pick Six previews? We yeah. mentioned Maryland. They're streaky, and then I mean we've been talking about this since we started the podcast. They get to a certain echelon of team, and they just <laughs> yeah. fall off. And this is a certain echelon of yeah. team. Uh, then. We finally got a test, I think, leaving Ann Arbor. Oh, yes. Not just for a, a road game, but coming into Kinnick. Uh, time TBD, Iowa fans feared that it'll actually be the big noon kickoff. Mm. We would rather this be nighttime in Kinnick. Okay. I don't think they will do that. I don't think they will do that to Michigan. <laughs> no, probably personal, not. <laughs> personal belief. Good then point. go at Indiana. I'm just going to be – I know I'm a Hawkeye fan, but, like, that's six games that I – I pretty much expect them to be six and all. I mean, five and one. Maybe. You can't expect a win at Kinnick, but you got to figure they'll be favored. Yes, I understand. Very well worded. Then we got quite the game again, Penn State, but at home. I, to be honest with you, I think their schedule stacks up pretty damn well. <laughs> Freaking perfect. You got to add Iowa, but other than that, I mean, crossover like, even games. Even if you somehow managed to lose to either Maryland at Iowa or Penn state, you'd still be sitting at six and one with the whole world in front of you. Right. Right there. Then you're idle. Okay. Then they get Sparty at, at home. 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 Yep. After an idle week. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally like somebody manufactured. This. Doesn't get better than that. It's almost as if maybe Michigan gets some favoritism. <laughs> I have, that has gone through my head before too. <laughs> Then at Rutgers, ugh, Nebraska at home. Get them at home. Illinois at home. <laughs> I know it's not a pushover game, but you get them at home. You got to figure that's. You, I'm chalking that up as a win. And then you finish at the horseshoe. This is about as good as you can get if you're a Michigan fan. Could could we have two 11 and 0 teams in the oh horseshoe? Oh my god, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I, I mean, it is not crazy. Okay, so that brings us to well, okay, we got to start biggest game. Obviously, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. But you can't overlook the at Iowa. I think that's a huge one, too. Mm, not biggest game. I mean, it's just not. No. The, there is only one biggest game. Okay. okay. It's Ohio State. Curbstone. Okay. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. I'm not putting Maryland on there because Maryland's too talented. I think Indiana's a curb stomp. Rutgers, curb stomp. Illinois, probably curb stomp. Pick any all those, one of them. All those Pick them curb stomps. All right. So I'm going to go. I knew you would do that. Not to be a douche, but I knew you'd do that. Say, you, you want to hear my curb stomp? Yep. At Iowa. Hmm. Really? They start out four zero. Hmm. They they curb stomped Iowa the last time we played. Hmm. It, it 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 becomes obvious that 
both are good teams, but Michigan just is better. I don't, I don't picture it being a curb stomp from the get go. I picture it being a curb stomp of, I would just can't keep up. Okay. 38, so wear to, them down. 38 to 17. Like maybe they're, maybe they're down by six points at halftime, but they're clearly the better team, but then they just keep gaining and gaining and gaining on them. Yep. Right. I can see Is that. that crazy. Sure. Scariest game. Ironically, I also have Iowa I, yeah. at Iowa, but Sparty has to remain a scary game for them mm. because if you lose that game and you go, Harbs goes 0-3 against the cigar smoking Mel Tucker, <laughs> that's scary. You're right. That is, yes. Okay, that's a good one. But don't overlook Maryland. They're they're talented. Okay. And it's early in the season. How about, oh God. And they've got, I'm dead serious. I just got excited right here. And they won't. How about a, how about a, out of the 42 to 38 Michigan, Maryland game. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. But also Michigan will not have been tested at that point. They're just going to be coasting into that game. Could be. Maryland might be too, by the way. Over or under 9.5. What do you got? I really like the over here. (laughs) I kind of love the over. Yeah. This is there's not a whole lot of them that I felt like hammering, but I feel like hammering this one. I mean, we 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 had a little bit of concern with the defense. There there are question marks, but you start out with Colorado, Hawaii, UConn, and you know Maryland, and it's not like Iowa's offense is exactly going I mean, to touch people up. Yeah. So Iowa and Indiana, we're talking six games in before they really go to to get pushed and, and the it, only game they would get pushed with would you would think would be Maryland but we think they would have enough firepower to essentially outscore I think so <laughs> dude this is going to be a fun team to watch this is going to be a fun team it's, to watch it's amazing Michigan has really flipped in my mind yeah i mean obviously they won the big 10 it's but still i didn't used to get excited to watch them See that's interesting. I mean, I always get excited. I would, I would always get excited to watch almost every Big Ten team, but I, I do understand what you're saying. But if they just pop off the screen in the passing game right from the get go this year, all of a sudden the oh, it's Ohio State's conference to lose, no brainer. Right. People are going to start questioning that. Yep. A little bit. Last thing I want to say is just uh, um, the weather, uh, the dreams I've been having. My uh, cousin. Barney, his son is in high school football now. They had watermelon days today, which is when they run the kids to death. Okay, and then they get a gigantic thing of ice cold watermelon okay. at the end. That's okay. that's how my high school does it, dude. Like, and then do you remember like when the first day of practice, when the coach just like set the tone? Oh yeah, whatever that that. That thing that they thought, the coaches thought they had to beat into your heads. Yeah. Dude, don't you miss that? I mean, I guess I do, but I th- I would always roll my eyes. <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> because you had an old grumpy soul at 16, I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> Oscar. All right, I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.